Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello, and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 12, episode 13. I'm ASD. And I'm Jack. You're fresh off the train, mate. I mean, we are recording. It's 10 to 9, Sunday evening. You've literally just got back from the game. How are you feeling? Oh, deflated, disappointed, gutted. Um, I really thought there was going to be another late goal. Honestly, really, really felt like we were going to get it. But it wasn't to be on this occasion. It was just we left ourselves too much to do. You know, we, we couldn't we couldn't turn this one around like we've done so many fixtures um, in the last month or so. We, we just give ourselves too much to do in the second half, which was um, which is a shame because the second 45, we, we played really well. Really, really good on the front foot. Um, created lots of chances, but that first 45 minutes ASD, my word, like it was yeah. so negative. Um, I, I couldn't believe how we played. What's the atmosphere like? Because people, there's this weird mixture of people being like, we're in third or in fourth, we're doing really well, but also it is predictable and horrendous to watch. Yeah quite divisive in the in the stadium you either have your Conte lovers or your Conte haters and there's not that much in the middle which is Mm. a bit of a dangerous place to be really and and then naturally when you lose it's obviously oh go get rid of him and then we win a game it's like always the best thing ever I actually think today that the defeat was is on him more than anybody else today Conte um yeah just look I know we've got injuries we have um, and he was sort of restricted with what he can do in terms of the starting eleven, but there was no intensity in anything that we did in the first 45 minutes. And if you want to, you know, have a low block and sacrifice possession and all of that, fine. But you still have to be intense without the ball. And I just, I couldn't believe it. We just, we didn't close them down when we got the ball. We looked really lacked of any sort of kind of ideas. The second half was a completely different team. You know, we pressed, we got after them. Um, we competed for first, second, third balls, put the ball in the box. We put them under a bit of pressure. <laughs> um, excuse me. And I really didn't think we were going to get an equaliser. And it just, I was there with my dad and I just sort of sent him like, why are we not starting games like this? Right. You know, I know there's this, this thing going around about, oh, we're trying to conserve energy and stay in games and all that because, you know, the, there's a lot of injuries. But like, get in front. If, you get in, if you're winning games of football and you're in front, it's not as tiring. Right. You know, and I was just I was really, really surprised just at how we approached it. Um, look, there were some horrendous individual errors. Right. Of course, there were dire on the second goal. It's, it's dreadful. Um, I actually thought that Davis and Longley on the first goal to just let Liverpool play two passes in the penalty area is just is absolute madness. But like that stuff aside, I actually felt like we defended fair, fairly well. We, we were OK, you know, uh, but. I just couldn't believe that in the first half, like we just didn't leave out half. We didn't press them at all. Like that. they had a goal kick and they could just play it into Fabinho. It walked ten yards up the pitch, play it into it, and it's just like they were just camped. I couldn't believe it. Um, but second half, like um, Bentoncourt and I thought Basuma did really well in the second half. I was a bit worried about him in the first forty-five, but he did really well. Sort of, we unleashed him a little bit, and it was like go and get the ball back, and he's brilliant at doing that. Um, I thought the two of them in the, in the middle of the park were, were really, really good. And we just, it was, I was just so frustrated because I was like, where has this been? And that's what makes me, you know, look at Conte and say, 
that performance, we see that every game in the second half. So, like, what needs to be done differently from minute one for us to play like that? Because if if we'd have been like that for an hour today, if there'd have been another 15 minutes left in that second half, we'd have got an equaliser. We would have won. So it's like, I think we would why have wait until the half-time whistle? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's incredibly frustrating. Um, and I just think that, we again, we just seem to make Liverpool look good when it's like, they didn't really have to do anything. It's the same as the Newcastle defeat. They didn't really have to do anything to score their couple of goals. Um, and I actually think that when we do sit off, we're quite easy to play against. Right. You know what we're going to do? We're going to sit in there. And especially in that first half today, when we did win the ball back, we had no attacking outlet whatsoever. Kane would show feet, they'd box him in, and, that, and there was nothing. Um, so it was incredibly frustrating because... You watch the same group of players in the same formation and everything in the second half, but have clearly just been given a rocket and been told, that's your opposite number, go and compete with him. Just go and compete. Don't worry, or you keep all the tactics, all of the pre-match, all of that, just like man on man, you know, like Kane, you're up against Van Dijk, Sessegnon, you're up against Alexander-Arnold, like, go and get the better of them. Just, you know, be an individual. And if everybody does that, then you've got a good chance in the game. And I, I don't know what it is, but clearly they're lacking that in the first 45 minutes of games at the minute. And it's a real, real strange one because people say, people that are saying Conte's doing a great job completely agree with that because he is. Um, but the people that say, oh, he's having to play a certain way because of the personnel we've got, we've proven so far this season, we don't have to be a defensive side. We can be a side on the front foot. You're not going to get beautiful free-flowing football but you get you can there's a team that can press can get the ball in the box can be intense and can put the opposition under pressure and um we've just not been doing that so i left the game extremely frustrated at what might have been I th- it's weird being that defensive team because our worst third if you're going defense midfield and attack our worst third is defense keeper making mistakes our defense makes mistakes we're missing romero really badly long lays doing all right it's weird that there's so much reliance on there and these fullbacks that we've got are poor now we haven't we've never replaced walker and um rose and that i mean i can't even think about when that was and emerson royale now is just poor i i i don't know what Mate, emerson em- emerson is is proper dodgy um I feel a little bit sorry for him because ever, ever, I always try and get behind the team as much as possible. But like you watch this guy and I mean, he's, he's not he's, he's not great. He's not actually a bad defender. I will say that that like one v one, he's OK. Like, you know, he can deal with that. But his quality on the ball is just it's poor, isn't you it? Know, it, it? It's really, really poor. And there are a couple of times, especially in the second half where, you know, he got a bit more time and space and you think like, Either put a good ball in the box or, or give it right. to his midfielders. Or go, just if if you can't do it, give it to your midfielders. You know they're, they're better footballers. That's why they're playing that position. Um, so I was surprised really that he stayed on for as long as he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then equally, like again, like look, Conte's the manager. He knows way more about football than I did. But there was a 15 minute spell in the second half where Darwin Nunes was basically playing as a second left back. And I was standing there, I said to my dad, I was like, why don't you stick Moore on? Take Emerson off and make him a winger and really try and pin him in. And it, it brought Doherty on and it was like, it's much of the same, really. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people that say, oh, well, why is Doherty not playing ahead of Emerson? 
there's not a lot between the two of them, if we're being completely honest. Um, neither of them particularly good going forward. Neither of them are particularly good on the ball. Like you're just not going to get that much from them. Um, so it's frustrating watching him. Um, Romero is an interesting one, right? Because I'd love to know the statistics of how many games he's missed since we've signed him. Because it just feels like he's another one. Like it's there's no there. question in no question his ability. He's, he's excellent centre back, but um, he's not there. You know, like it feels like we've not had him for ages. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if he's just been a little bit unlucky, if there's more to it. But that is a real problem for us because he's obviously had to shift Dyer into that position. Who I actually thought he played quite well today. It, when you make a mistake like that and you concede a goal, that is what everybody remembers. Fair. But I think his overall play was actually was actually pretty good. Um, but he just doesn't look anywhere near as comfortable in that position of the yeah, back yeah. three than he does in the middle and there's a bit of a dilemma for Conte because I thought Longley looked really good when he's played in the middle mm-hmm. and equally when he plays left side I think he's a bit more uncomfortable um, so he's got a little bit of a, um, a dilemma to solve there about who does he go with but with Romero we need him fit we, do. Like, we desperately need him fit for his quality on the ball as well like again watching that game in the second half today like when we had Liverpool pinned in you're thinking yeah, if there was a little bit more quality in the passing from the back, like it might have made a difference. But incredibly frustrating afternoon. It just feels like we can't beat Liverpool at the moment, no matter what no. happens. They were there. Um, for, I've never seen them more there for the taking, really, for, for years. My mate, uh, so I went to uni. I shared a house with a scouser, and he texted me this morning, being like, uh, he sent to the draw, and I was like, no, no, we got. I said we have so many injuries: Son, Kuliszewski, Romero. Um, I think we'll lose in an, an annoying way. And what I meant by that was it's so predictable. Like yeah. All of the games we don't start playing. I mean, the Marseille, we'll get on to the Marseille game because I'm still not sure what I feel about that. But it's exactly the same. Starts They battered us for the first half yeah. and it's so easy to play against. And tell you what, we've got Forrest in the Cup on Wednesday and then Leeds, who Liverpool have just lost to both of them, I think. Because they just, they'll have you. They'll go at you, go at you, go at you. I mean, not enough for us, we have to beat them. But Leeds, if, if you get on the wrong side of Leeds, they'll batter you. And it, it, I just, I don't know what sort of team that we will play well against. That's the problem. It's not like, oh, you know, Liverpool would always play poorly against Liverpool and Chelsea, so it's acceptable. I don't know who we play well yeah. against anymore. And when people say trust the process, I don't know what the process is because if you're saying this is Conte, I'm not sure if it's Conte. Like, it, it, you, do you think he's saying something that they go out with, and then he's saying something at halftime? Do you know, are they not following his orders? Sure. I, I, I can't believe that players would not be following his tactical instructions. But like, part of it is the manager needing to say to the players, "Let's be more on the front foot." The other part of it is like. When you step over that white line, doesn't matter what level of football you play at, like you need to bring intensity to your game. Right. And like that was the that's the biggest shock what that I've seen watching it. Today was the first game I've been to live this season, right? Just because I haven't been able to get to as, as many games as I would. Because you play to. football and coach football. Um, that's yeah, why. Yeah. yeah. Um and um to just not see intensity in in a game is just staggering and like I said the level of football I play that's hardly great but like you know when you when you go out there the absolute bare minimum you've got to do is work harder than your opposite number absolute bare minimum if you do that you give yourself a chance if you don't do that good luck getting anything from a game at any level and it just feels like we're getting outworked a little bit 
um, in, in those kind of games, which I think is why the fans are as frustrated as they are watching it, because they feel like players could potentially be given more. Like, we don't know the ins and outs. We don't know how many of these players have got slight injuries and all of this stuff. So maybe we are having to play within ourselves for periods of games. Like, I understand all of that stuff. But it's so frustrating. You say you don't know what type of team we're going to play well against. It's frustrating watching us not knowing, are we actually going to be, are we going to do what we're good at, which was the second half today, which is the second half of most games where it's, let's get on the front foot. Let's put them under pressure. If you look at our midfield three, right? Hoybier, Benton, Korn, Basuma, all three of them are brilliant at winning the ball back. Absolutely brilliant at doing it, right? Why not do it 15 yards high up the pitch? And then when when we win it back, you can give it to Kane. Kane's near the goal. You know, like watching the first half today, you know, I think it's because Basuma would win it back and his only pass is back to Emerson on the edge of his own box. who's just going to clip it up a channel cause, and we just give the ball back to him. And... I just think that we need to start games with that level of intensity that we know the team has got. And that that's the thing. Like, I, I'm not expecting us to go and do things that maybe we don't have the players. I'm not saying let's go to, in every game and have 65% possession and play this beautiful play out from the back style. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we've got the players to do that. But we've got athletes in the middle of the park and people that are good at getting the ball back. So, like, let's utilise that a bit more. Was Perisic the right person to play where he played him? Um, I actually I thought he'd done all right, Perry said. You could tell he was someone playing out of position uh, in that first half. I mean, he's not a centre forward, is he? Um, I thought second half he caused Trent Alexander-Arnold a lot of problems. And that that diagonal, but basically the the ball that when I mean, we saw it in the ground after ten minutes, the ball from Dyer, fifty yard diagonal in between Canate and Alexander-Arnold. That was where the space was. And mm. the second half, Perisic utilised that really, really well. Um, so I, I thought I thought he had a pretty good game. Um, I think he's definitely more dangerous playing higher up the pitch. Definitely. Um, just because he's got that he's got that composure about him, and he's uh, watching the guy take watching the guy live take a corner with his right foot, and then two minutes later take a corner with his left foot is incredible. Um, and I still think a lot of people would not realise that that's what he's doing. Yeah. Um, his delivery, his delivery is excellent. I like to say, I thought he had, I thought he had a good game, um, and I thought he, he does bring that composure and that control in the final third, which most of the time we lack because one, he's not there, and two, we don't really have any other players that can sort of do that. Um, so he did look, he did look like he was told to do a job in the first half. Um, I don't really know what else he could have done tactically Gil. today. Gil. Maybe. I mean, I just. I just don't like the look but, of him. Oh, really? Well, but yeah. then I, I do, and I just want to see him give it a chance because what's the point in having Gil or Saar on the bench then if we're just never going to play him? That, yeah. that's my, that is, it's it, was, that. it was really, wasn't it? It was like, you're going to go with two up top. Or he might have gone with three. And it's like, do you go Kane and Perisic or do you go Kane and Brian or do you go all three of them? And it was like, that's probably the only the only thing that he could have done differently today. Um it's a kill. I mean, you see the difference when Kulusevski come on. My word, it was unbelievable, isn't it? My word, that guy, like he just makes intelligence, intelligent runs. He he stands in really awkward positions for fullbacks because they don't know whether to go to not, and it's just like you, you know, you could really see Van Dyke and Robertson were screaming at each other because they just didn't know, you know, who's going to pick him yeah. up. And was it was it was it within five minutes, wasn't it? He come on and set the goal up, and it was just like. 
yeah yeah and it, wow. it you, you saw the difference of we we took off um emerson put it uh, where all our attacks were coming down that side put on kudoseski suddenly the game changed like literally spatially it changed he yeah played re- he played really really well when he come on and he's a he's a big player for us um it's just um can I say i just i feel so frustrated I feel so frustrated. The most frustrated I've been for a long time watching Spurs because sometimes you go and you can try and take the emotion. I think because where, where I've not been for a while, it yeah. was hard to not get caught up in the emotion of actually being at a game today. You know, I've, I've found myself a few times just like, you know, wanting someone to just like boot Tiago up in the air. And it's like, that's not rational. Like, that's just the well, emotion of watching it. No yellow cards on other sides. I thought was interesting. If you're interested, our XG was higher than Liverpool's. They had 1.2, we had 1.8. So we were expected to score more goals, which is a is, is a separate were thing. We? Yeah, yeah. We did have chance and we hit the woodwork a couple of times, and there was a couple of close um, headers, weren't there? One from Kane, I think, one from Bentacor towards the end, and it was like Longley as well. I think had one as yeah, well. Yeah, that was right. He had one over the bar, didn't he? My own, the only thing about we did put them under pressure. We didn't make Allison didn't have to make any real no. saves throughout no. the whole game and Hugo didn't even Neither really Hugo, they, no. they had their two goals already by that well, point so I think it was a penalty as well I'm not sure if you've had such a chance to see he I've pushes him I've he, not he, seen it back it's one of those ones where Sessegnon could have stood up but Trent has gone for him and pushed him like leaning forward as well so there's no way his feet could have got anywhere near the ball so he wasn't playing the ball he just played the man I, I'm seeing I, a lot of people saying it was similar to the Cancelo one. I don't, like I said, I've not seen, seen that one. All right, fine. Um, it was down the other end for me in the ground. I'm I sure. streamed for it, but I didn't think it was a penalty in real time. I thought it was one of those that's like, it, I've seen them given it would right. be soft. I don't know if it was a pen or not really, to be totally honest. It's not as soft as the um, Lamella in the 6-1 against United, where he basically got Martial's hand and hit himself in the face with it. It wasn't that yeah, soft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, finish. You know, the game could have been differently had, had that it been could given have. them with score. It, Mate, you know? If we'd started like in the second half, we could have battered them. We could have battered them. I remember. What do you think it is? So, Do you think it is the players need a rocket at half-time? Do you, do you think that they're being told to stay in the game and we'll try and push, you know, because there's a lot of people saying that Conte doesn't quite trust the side and he wants us to hang on in there until like an hour and then and then when we've got control, then we go for it. That feels like people are just trying to find a reason for what we're doing, what we're doing. The the, the bit that's getting me, we had this exact same thing with Mourinho where you thought Mourinho was this tactical genius and the players went out and played very, very boring defensive football. And it makes me think that... I don't know. It, he's got my problem with with Antonio is his rigidity. Same eleven, he, he would have the same eleven every single time and the same tactics. It doesn't feel very flexible. Um, and I know he he sometimes plays like three five two rather than five three two. Or he, he but it, it's not enough for me. But the players have to take some ownership of this. They they have to because if it's literally the same eleven from one half to the next, they can do it. And if they're told to conserve their energy, then that's fine. But it's pointless if we're going in two nil down. And it has to be conserve your energy until you go one nil down at, at worst, you know. Um, and when they it's games... Not, it's not it's not, a sustainable tactic no, for me. Like, not at all. If it's like, and again, we don't know the ins and outs. And if it's like, oh, Benton Core, Hoybier, Kane, you know, you're all like in the red zone of you're getting close to getting injury and all that. Then, then I understand all that stuff. But without knowing that information, I just it's a real head scratcher. I've never really seen a Spurs team like this before. 
Do you know what I mean? We've I've watched Spurs teams under under Mourinho where it was just like they just didn't. They were clearly told, "Do not commit forward. Do not get like Mourinho was very much. We will never concede a goal on the counter attack, mm. and like that means we will not leave our half because I don't want to concede. Like you could see that with um with other managers, it's been like well, we've just been a bit like soft defensively. But like this team is a really odd side because like I watch us some weeks and think. Cool, we look so good going forward. Then three days later, we look like we can't score. Right. And then like four days later, we've you know we're setting up with ten defensive players on the pitch, and we look like we can't defend. It's just it's a really really odd side at the moment. And I think it must be difficult for Conte just trying to figure out what does he want the team to look like. Do you know what I mean? It just it, do, it doesn't do. feel like it really has any kind of identity at the moment. But if you look at the course of the season, it's been getting results, which probably makes it even more baffling. But it's the problem is those results are relying on us not making mistakes. And we do make mistakes like every game, it seems at the back now. And it's relying on us squeezing goals in the last five minutes or five minutes after the 90s. up, And that's a problem. And like those fine margins, you can't guarantee anything like it's. It, We've had a lot me, of late goals, haven't we? We've a huge a amount, and that, that's the thing at the moment, a huge amount, and obviously we'll go on to Marseille shortly, but it can't be much fun to play in this side. Well, if you're Harry Kane, you're, oh, son, son hasn't got any connection to Tottenham apart from we, we took him to a Champions League final. And why would you stay? Why would you stay? Why wouldn't you go to Liverpool? He's signed a new, year deal, a, a new deal and he ain't got much choice now. He's oh, stuck. This is true. Yeah. Um, hey, but, there must be, there must be a... a, a the Kane stuff, like I do, as each week goes on, I do start to think that maybe we'll go soon. Yeah, I would. And you know, maybe not. Maybe he might not get the the move. Do you know what I mean? The absolute, you know, top side in the world or whatever. But you're right. It can't be the most enjoyable football for him. No. Minute. And it's sort of like with how good the top sides are as well. Like he's he might he might if he played the rest of his career at Spurs. He might win something with us. He might. But he, there's probably as great a chance of him not winning anything because, like, you look at the top teams and it's just like City aren't going anywhere because Pep's there for another three, four years. I know Liverpool haven't been great this year, but Klopp's got a long-term deal. So, like, those teams are not going to disappear overnight. So, no. Mate, so the Harry Kane thing. So, what? what if he's not going to... St- like, the, the bit for me is now he's looking at Haaland and I'm never sure whether Haaland's numbers are just Haaland's because he's in City, whether he's Haaland's numbers. But yeah. I mean, let me just read some stats, because that's what you do now if you talk about football. So most goal contributions by a Premier League player in 2022, all, competi- all competitions. So number one is De Bruyne, 41 games, 40 goals and assists. Unbelievable. Kane, 45 games, 39 goals and assists. So that's number two, Salah, Son. Then Haaland is fifth in terms of goal contributions. He's only played 16 games and he's on 25 goals and assists. He's on 18 goals now, which, if you remember, is the same as the second high scorer Ronaldo had last season. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. He's only his freak. He's only five goals away from last year's golden boot numbers. He can he can have last year's golden boot numbers by the time he goes to the World Cup. It's insane. Absolutely right. insane. And, and there you, must be a bit of jealousy from Kane looking at that and thinking, absolutely. oh, no, that could be me. Well, and it's, we're at the stage now where people you, people used to go, you know, oh, you know, winning one trophy with Spurs is better than that, really. Because if he's if he's on a, a group chat with, uh, I don't know, with with Walker and Walker's got all these medals, he's going, was it really that, you know, Walker's got all this money? Is Walker a better player than Kane? No, not in a million years. I, I don't know. It's, be... it's tough and it's the Stevie G thing, isn't it? 
Well, he wanted to go, but part, the rumours are that the gangsters basically told him not to go to Real Madrid. But yeah, I mean, he's an interesting one because it was always going to be Klopp, who I think is going to go at the end of this season, like go out on a high. This is seven-year syndrome. And it was always going to be Stevie G, but Stevie G's gone. He, he can't take over Liverpool now after he's sacked no, by Villa. he can't. He can't. Didn't Klopp sign the new deal last season? Oh, did he? Maybe. I think he did. I think he did. I think him and Pep signed new deals at a similar time. Um, I mean, Liverpool would be mad to get rid of him. They've just got, a, you know, they've had, a, they've had a lot of injuries. Their squad needs a bit of a rebuild, like the same as a lot of teams in the Premier League at the minute. So I think they'd be mad to get rid of him. But um, I actually were... thought Villa getting um, Uno Emery was a really smart appointment. Strong, wasn't it? Really yeah, strong. Really smart. Hassan Hootle's gone from Southampton. Has he? Yeah. Has he? That doesn't surprise me. He had to go, didn't he? Wonder how it'd be interesting if Southampton. I mean, Sean Dyche surely, surely will be one that they'll look at. You know, that'll kill them a little bit, won't it, mate? If I said to you now, Hotch, you could Hotch will come back, quick swap, take over after the World Cup. Thank oh, you. I don't know because I don't know if I'm. I'd be saying yes for the right reasons. You know what I mean? I know what like, you mean. I've got that emotional attachment. Well, we. I think it's easy to forget. That we didn't win away for was it ten months? Oh god, and yeah, and we were something like eight points in nine games or something horrendous. Like, we talked about it last yeah. week. Yeah, and it, it like I, th- I do think we just think oh it it was brilliant all the time. And it was like actually that last twelve months, the football was pretty pretty dire. It's um, horrendous. So I'm I'm just I'm not sure. Um, because I'm just a believer in like in most things in life, like you should always look to move forward. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, there's there's very few occasions in sport in you know, personal lives and all that where actually going back to anything ever really works. No. And it's like, is it ever as good as it what it was the first time round? Probably not. Definitely um, not. so I don't I don't know. I just the thing that is very apparent for me is that I um I just don't have the connection as much anymore. Like the highs aren't as high, the lows aren't as low. It's like I'm quite neutral, like only a couple of hours ago, you know, the game was finishing. And like, as soon as I sort of left the ground and was walking back and got on the train, I was like, oh, well, we lost, you know, move yeah. on. You well, know? let's talk uh, about Marseille. How did you feel when that goal went in? Because that was oh, mental, that game. Honestly, at, at half time, I thought we'd gone. Yeah, me too. I really did. I really, really did. I just thought we just looked. Again, like you could you could almost just go back and edit what I said in the first five minutes of this episode mm. and rinse that out for Marseille. And it was very, very similar um rocket at half time uh, and then all of a sudden you know we start playing um especially that marseille game i thought that we did a job of making them look particularly good when they're a pretty average team mm-hmm. um and as soon as we did start playing our stuff in the second half then we looked really really great yeah. um brilliant to see um pierre get the winner i thought he was absolutely brilliant in the week i thought he really drove us on in the middle of the park and Got that deserved um, that deserved winner at the end, which we ended up winning the group. Forty five minutes before that, we were going out bottom. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was a, it must have been one of the most entertaining Champions League groups you'll ever see. Because yeah. going into the last game week, any of the teams could finish in any four positions. I think so. It was just you know it really was an all to play for. But great that we got that late winner. Um, you know, good to go somewhere like that and win because there was a lot of stuff in the week, wasn't there, about oh it's you know tough atmosphere not many sides go there and get a result and all that so to sort of come through that game with a victory was brilliant 
Um, and it, sh it would hopefully mean a slightly more favourable draw in the next round. But any team you get in the knockout stages of the Champions League is a good side because they've made it out of the group. So there's not going to be any easy games. But looking at the pots, there are definitely some more favourable fixtures on paper than what we would have got if we'd have gone through as runners up. Yeah, that atmosphere was unbelievably intense, wasn't it? Like it was it was quite special in a way. Like I, I would love to have been a part of it the other way, you know. Um, so we can get. I think it's Club Bruges, isn't it, that are on paper probably the weakest side in the group. Yeah, we got Club Bruges, Inter, AC, Leipzig, Dortmund, and PSG. Obviously, we want to avoid PSG as much as possible. Um, but yeah, Club Bruges, they're the ones. Um, yeah, but Inter, I'd love to see Inter again. AC, I'm always a fan of it. And I feel like we'd step up for those games. I know Inter. what you mean. It's almost like it's actually would be getting Club Bruges be a dangerous draw because right. we go into it a bit complacent and be 2-0 down, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think all, all of these games, like I say, you don't get out of your Champions League group if you're not a half-decent side. Mm. Like, Atletico Madrid finished bottom of their group, you know? What is that about? There's a lot of stuff, isn't there, that Simeone's in proper trouble there at the minute. Oh, he's paid be, a lot of money, isn't he? It would be mad. Well, maybe it wouldn't be, because the same as anything, like, you know, things do come to an end eventually. Yeah. Um, but it would just be odd seeing Atletico and not seeing him there, you know, in his all-black mm. suit, you know. Um, but, I mean, that would be a big job for someone if that if that does come up. But, um yeah, I mean, having said that, like, of course we want the, 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 the on-paper easier sides because you want to try and get through, you know, as many rounds as possible. But wouldn't it be incredible to see us against PSG and, you know, Neymar, Messi and Bappe, you know? Wouldn't it be incredible to see that? We, but we can't talk about Dyer doesn't like being on the side and then talk about, I would love to see Mbappe. Imagine what he'll do to Davis. <laughs> Just the thought of, like, Messi being marked by Emerson Royale. Or... <laughs> Or Doherty, take your pick, you know. Um, but you you know what? how mad this Spurs side is? It's the kind of game where they would be unbelievable and we'd beat them. Right. Do you know what I mean? It, like th That would be absolute typical Tottenham for that kind of thing to happen. Oh, um, it was a great goal. I mean, Hoiberg couldn't walk. It was a bit like um, the Stevie G goal against West Ham in the 2006 FA Cup final. Yeah, it reminded left. me of that. Just literally nothing, but... I thought Kane did him a bit dirty, like waited for the defender, let the defender run near him and then played the ball in. But, but to be fair, the ball was the ball was very, very good. Um, what a killer as well. Like not just just putting them out of Europe. Um, yeah, completely. Well, they, they said, didn't they, that, they, that the players on the pitch, the, the Marseille players weren't sure of the score in the other game. So sure, yeah. they didn't know if they needed to win or not, which also seems a bit mad that they wouldn't have had that message through. Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, it was great that it was Gwen Doozy that gave the ball, the ball away. You can see why it would suit someone like Joey Barton to go play there as well. Just yeah, absolutely. Pretty aggy. Um, good, 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 good. Uh, okay, we've got Forest in the week. In the cup. Yeah, that that I think that's going to be a really strange game. I mean, both teams are going to rotate the side a little bit, you would imagine. Yeah, um, Forest cannot. Really... Yeah, Forest cannot afford to to play their first team right because they are in dire straits in the Premier League they need to rest all their players you'd assume so you'd assume so so there's that isn't there in the week and then there's one more Premier League game to go isn't there before the World Cup yeah um so you'd imagine that there'd be a few 
changes for me from you know from both sides. I mean, we beat Forest, didn't we, in the league earlier on in the season away? Yeah. It wasn't. It was not an easy game. No. Um, they put us under a lot of pressure. It, it'll be another one of those that if we go there and we don't start well, you right. find yourself behind. But if we go there and play our football, you know, and get our good midfielders on the ball, you know, hopefully they're you know, Kulusevski can get at, at maybe 45 minutes like then I'm, you've got to be confident that we'll be able to go there and beat Forest. but again it, it all comes down to what Tottenham turn up I'm not I'm not so much worried about you know Forest. it's more like if we're not on our a game then we could we could be in a in a spot of bother in that fixture but I mean you have to be confident right you have to be confident we can go there and beat Forest. surely we will beat Forest, and what will probably happen is it will be they'll go one nil up 20 minutes in through something stupid happening then they'll sit back to defend it and then we'll put on a couple of players on 60 minutes and win 2-1 tell you what it reminds what i'm imagining in my head is the the wickham game do you remember that the yeah. um that's what it reminds me of the 4-3 just, just that was pain. a crazy game that and it was one of those it's been like the man united the Dempsey goal in the 1-1 Dempsey goal where we scored in Fergie time where it, I, I wasn't proud I was just frustrated that we were in a position where we needed Sun to score in like the 97th minute or something yeah. crazy because um, we I mean I didn't Denny score in like the 88th minute in that game like it was yeah. really late yeah it was really late it was really oh Delhi are you reading that stuff that um, Besiktas want to get rid of him well, I read the quote from the because I looked oh. him up. I, I that the um, manager said like he needs to if he's fifty percent as good as he was for Tottenham, then he'd be fine in the Turkish league. But he's not even producing that, and they because the managers moved on. Have, they they swapped managers, haven't they? Besiktas, and so he he's not even with the manager that wants him. And I just I reckon he could retire, you know, because I don't yeah. think he'll he'll want to be. Um, I don't think he'll want to go down the leagues again. I think he'll retire and play esports or something. There's a bit of um, like the shades of like David Bentley about it, but I think it's worse. It's a bigger you know crash. I mean? Just like, does he even like? Does he even enjoy playing anymore? He's only 26. Mad, isn't it? It makes me really sad. I just hope he's okay because there's, I I, I don't know. Because it's really difficult to say what he was brilliant at when we were at our flying best. What he was brilliant at is being part of the Ericsson. Kane, Son, Delhi, and just playing all over the place when we had a great team behind him. And he was just late runs into the box, irritating people. But once he got found out and he wasn't in that setup, he just wasn't as good. But he really, really wasn't as good. And he just lost that spark. I just really hope. I'll tell you what he had. He had the ability to put the ball in the back of the net from midfield. And he knew how to get goals and get assists. And his numbers were incredible. And as soon as that dried up, then it was a case of, oh, actually, you know, what 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 can you bring to the side? Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's such a shame. It's you know? really sad, isn't it? All right, mate, I've got some uh, some little players here, some little career paths for you, because I know you love them. Love it. Um, so the first one. Started at Cambridge. In, yeah. Do you, want, do you want the year he first started? I'll just, so you can get a little bit of a... A little thing. So in 1982, he started for Cambridge. Then he moved to Brentford. Then he moved to QPR. Then Sheffield Wednesday. Then he moved to Tottenham. He was with us three years before moving to Burton Albion, Bromsgrove Rovers, Fleet Town, 
and retired in 2007. He had 12 caps for England. Sheffield Wednesday to Spurs. Yeah. I can give you the year he came to Spurs if you want. Morning. 96. Oh, so I'd have been I'd have been free. Thanks for that. Um, I just yeah. <laughs> Wednesday, I, is it? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm gonna take a guess and say Chris Perry. Oh, it's a good shout. He um, I have a mouse mat signed by him. <laughs> of course you do. Go on, who is it that you've got it's, me on that one? Andy Sinton. Oh, I mean, I don't think I would have got that. Sorry, I might have gone no, that's a bit a good early. One. That's good, good. I need right. a sense of failure. I'm so good at everything else in life that I need it. Do you want to get Carol on and see if she's agreed with that? Tells me enough that I'm bad <laughs> I'm at everything else. So. That's where I'm at. Like, my massive ego is purely down to just balance out everything else that everybody yeah. else says about me. Confidence shot to pieces at home, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, this fella started at Bournemouth in 1990, then moved to Liverpool, then he moved to Tottenham, then he moved to Southampton where he retired. He played for 15 years, played for England as well. Bournemouth, Liverpool, Tottenham, Southampton. What What were the years? Or which one? Tottenham? Yeah. I've 2000. I've got a... The Bournemouth one's the one that's thrown me. Is it Jamie Redknapp? It is. It is. I wasn't sure. I don't. I didn't know he was at Bournemouth. He started there. I think wasn't was his dad there? Is that that why? Only the team because his dad was a manager. Yeah. I could be wrong. Um, he had him at Southampton and all, didn't he? Yeah. Harry. Yeah. I I met him or I walked past him and his wife um, in a in house festival a few years ago um, where he had the broken hands from where he tried to do the um, thing on soccer soccer AM where he's trying to like control the ball dropped he's trying to win the the record for the ball controlled from the highest height and he dropped it on his wrist Um, he is a stunningly good looking man like really thick as he's thick but he's a beautiful man right then Leeds in 1998, he started playing for Leeds. Um, then he moved to Tottenham, then Blackburn Rovers and Burnley. Leeds. 41 caps for England. Tottenham. Blackburn. Burnley. And Paul Robinson. Paul Robinson. Love that man. Love Robbo. Great goalkeeper. There's a brilliant clip of him. I think he's at a, um, I think it's at Ledley King's testimonial where he starts a chant he goes to get a ball oh, from Bill yeah, 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 yeah. isn't yeah. it? Is it stand up if you oh no I can't remember which one it is. Um on his Wikipedia though it's uh, in two thousand seven and eight his season proved to be less successful and error during international duty was an example of how his former dipped and he was replaced by Radic Cherney for part of the season. Yeah, that was and he come back in didn't he and he was um he played in the cup final that we won. Mm, yeah he did. Uh, I think we've done this one, but we'll talk about it again. So he started at Zamalek in 1999. Then he went to Ghent and to Ajax, where he went to Celta Vigo on loan. Then to Marseille, then to Roma, where he came to Tottenham on loan. Then we bought him. Then he went to Middlesbrough, where he went to Wigan on loans, back to Zamalek on loan, West Ham on loan, Ajax on loan, back to Zamalek, and did, and had one appearance for Barnsley. Yeah, what kind of player is that? So you what year, what? What year was Spurs? Oh six, oh seven. Twelve appearances, one goal. 
Well, the loan was the previous year, five oh five oh six. We had him on loan for a season, and then we bought him. So that I went to uni in oh five. I cannot remember him being. I remember him bit like my last year of uni, two thousand eight, was when we won the cup. So I remember that. I just do not remember him much about him being there. Five oh six. You've got me on that one. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, I think. I think this man said a quote was when he was asked what he was doing if he was if if he were, what would he be doing if he wasn't playing football he said nothing because I'm really rich. It's me though. Oh, of course he was at West Ham. Only nine appearances, like yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. nine appearances at West Ham. Ajax. I mean, he played forty games for Ajax and then twenty-one goals. I mean that. Goal again, goal every other game. That's that's what you'd expect. Thirteen goals for us and thirty six appearances. Then he came and wasn't particularly good. Yeah, bloody hell. Mido, strange player. Yeah, just really strange player. Never really understood him. Right then, uh, started at Rangers, then played for Tot. Oh, started at Rangers in two thousand two. Then he moved to Tottenham. Then we sent him to Sunderland on loan. Then he went to Villa, where he, and Alan then he went Hutton. Alan Hutton. Oh, we have done it because then he went to Mallorca. Mallorca, yeah. <laughs> Again, another 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 very very strange player. Yeah, very odd. Um, right then, so started his career at Tottenham Hotspur, and we've sent him on loan to everywhere: Yeovil, Leighton, Milton Keynes, Ipswich, Watford, Millwall, Leeds, Birmingham, QPR. Then he went to Newcastle. Then he went to Palace. Now he's at Everton. He's currently at Everton. Mm. Oh, who is that? Went out on loan everywhere. One of the most frustrating players for me, but also scored one of the greatest goals in the Premier League, I think. Uh, oh, Andros Townsend. Andros Townsend. That goal against City was unbelievable. Andros Townsend. Yeah, that was a unbelievable volley, wasn't it? Yeah. What's your favourite? That's that's it for them. What's your favourite Premier League non-Spurs goal? What a question. I should have set um, you up for that. What do you think? I'll tell you mine. The um, the Torres versus Blackburn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just unbelievable. I love a like a volley across the face of goal. Um. But for those of you who haven't seen it, ball it, it reminds me of like a, a Toby ball to Delhi, like aka like against the Chelsea where he scored that one. But it's a ball to Torres and it bounces and it's going it's all sort of going away from the goal. He's in the box, but it's the dag has taken it away from the goal. And Torres is just running onto it and just smacks it with his right foot across his own body, across the, the goal and in. And it's it's unbelievably good. People people forget how good Torres was. Like before he got injured, he was devastating and he he tore Vidic apart on a daily basis like it was he he was one of the best strikers the Premier League's ever seen just got ruined by Chelsea I'm just um I'm just thinking back to the best goals that I've seen yeah I'm not necessarily being there but just saying there there's a brilliant Matt Letizia one isn't there for Southampton I don't know who's against three like flicks it over two or three players doesn't he and and yeah yeah. that. that was a you know, that's a brilliant goal. I mean, a really iconic one is Beckham from the halfway line. Oh, God. I remember seeing that um, just going into school. We all tried it the next day. I t- I'll tell you what might be my favourite. 
is um the Paul Skulls volley against Villa. Yeah. That's you, that is. Yeah, I know. The box and he just pings it, didn't he? Just yeah. pure contact. Um, I'm just trying to think of, of some others off the top of my head. I remember, I, I, just, I love a ridiculously long-range goal. Charlie you know, Adam just, versus Chelsea. Do you remember yeah, that one? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, Xabi Alonso scored from inside his own half once as well, oh, didn't yeah. he? Rooney um, for Everton. Do you remember that? Was it against... Yeah, uh, yeah, against West Ham. For his hat-trick, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, and, um, Rooney did it for United as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he got one against... He got he did, he did done that against West Ham as well. Yeah, that's right. And a Berlin. Do you remember... Um, I think it was Manuel Figueroa for Wigan at Stoke scored from inside his own half a free yeah, kick. Yeah, I know, do. The, the left-back. Yeah, and yeah, it was I like, do. He just, there was nothing going on in the game and he just went bang. Do you remember and, there was one... Inter versus Barca in the Champions League. So, oh, I think it was a Croatian player smacks it from like the right wing side of the halfway line. Yes, Stankovic was it? Stankovic, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Probably Absolute not quite. screamer. screamer. Yeah, that was good. Um, then there's the the volleys as well. The Rooney volley, again, not against Man City, not Newcastle. The one, that's very iconic. The Newcastle volley. Yeah. Um, there's a goal Alan Shearer scored for Newcastle, which is a side foot volley from a really tight angle where he yeah. puts it top corner. That was, Thanks. you know, I think you, you're seeing the theme of the goals that I really like, which yeah, is yeah. just like volleys or screamers. Just like, the ball hit really hard, just yeah. really hard. But the volley, the, um, there's loads of Van Persie, as much as I hate him, but the Van Persie's touch was unbelievable. There's the one where, he come, where he's playing for Arsenal and he comes between two defenders to volley it. And then there's the one for Man United where he just watches it onto his left foot. And then I was going to talk about passes because, you know, I, I almost love passes more than anything. There's a messy one in the World Cup and whenever that was unbelievable. But the the, the uh, Fabregas de Schurler one, you know, that's my favourite of yeah, all time. Yeah, just yeah. proper maths, that one. Oh, God. I, I was talking to... Uh, one of my team the other day. Do you remember the Ericsson pass in the 4-2 against Chelsea in the semi-final to Delhi? Yeah. That, that's the best pass he ever played. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it was going long and then it suddenly curled in like a J in the last minute onto Delhi's toe who's running in. That was that was unbelievable. Some great goals though. Yeah, it's... it's I, I, just, I just love goals. We don't... I haven't, we haven't scored many memorable goals that were memorable for... The strikes, I don't think, this season. They've all been situ- the situation because they've all been last minute. Yeah. Have we? I can't. Oh, Sun versus Leicester, that is two goals. Must be our goal of the season so far. Yeah, you'd probably say those. Um, you're right, though. Like, I'm just trying to think if there's if there are any other... There's been some nice goals, but maybe not, not iconic ones so far as of yet. Not yet. Not yet. Some great... We've scored loads more from um, set pieces than I'd expected to have by now, which yeah. is good. And I guess that's the process, just minor, just incremental gains, incremental gains. We need to swap yeah. this defence out. Yeah. All right, mate. Um, any, anything else? Um, just, uh, you know, obviously a couple of games to go and then World Cup, isn't it? So yeah. it's going to be strange having a break mid-season, but... Um, you know, I guess we'll do a few. We'll do some World Cup pods, I guess. We'll do some World Cup pods. Look at Spurs players. Talk about England, Wales. I, I, I can honestly see us not getting a goal, let alone through. Like I'm really worried. I, I feel, I feel the same with England at the minute. So I, I don't, don't know what's going to go with England. Um, 
Do you see that um that fella? Remember I told you that place I stayed in Wales was um, Norrington Davis's dad. Norrington yeah. Davis was the first player who was officially out of our World Cup. I felt so bad for him. And did you see Bale scoring in the final? Yeah, amazing. Just what he does. Just goals. Amazing. Just turning to Ledley. Uh, right, mate. Thank you. Um, thanks for listening. Right, Next right, week, fine. no idea when the pod's going to be because I'm off on Sunday. You're off on holiday, so we'll we'll work something out. Um, but whatever happens, don't forget the future's bright. The future's really white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game. But I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blanchflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.